So, you have a twin sister. Boba Fett. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Welcome, everybody. This is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, this is our Thursday show, which means it's time to give our takes uh, in a discussion sort of way. We have a lot of great topics we're going to get into later. Uh, Lacey and James with me as always. And our guest is the... Take a breath. <sighs> Is the bassist for the band Beartooth. Their new album, Below, came out this past Friday. So if you like awesome music, go pick up a copy. Support the band. They will also be starting their U.S. tour on August 14th. So head to BeartoothBand.com for dates and tickets. He joined us this past fall for the Mando Fan Show. And he is back, baby. Let's welcome back Ashi Bashar to TRB. What's going on, man? What's up, guys? Thank you for having me. (laughs) How pumped are you to be touring again? I cannot freaking wait. <laughs> I'm losing it over here. Yeah. Dude, you, you, did you have it planned like a while ago? Because I remember when you were on our show in December, you were like, I think we're going to pick it back up in August. And dude, you like nailed it on the head. So I don't know if you already had that planned out or what was going yeah. on. Well, yeah. we must have got lucky, but we, we did have like a backup routing to a backup routing to a backup routing. Um, you know, the original plan was to be out earlier than August, of course. But uh, I think we're one of the first, at least like heavy metal bands that's going to be like out doing it um, just because we were trying to stay on top of it um, constantly and making sure that as soon as it was time to go, we were ready to go. So here we are. Nice. Nice, man. Uh, absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I got to listen to a couple songs off of your album and I've been a heavy metal fan for a very long time. And uh, I love the grooves on it. I think it's uh, very catchy stuff, but heavy, crisp sounding. And uh, I think it's going to be a great show to, for people to get back into the wild with um, and see how how like hesitant people are to get close in the mosh pits and stuff. But that should be a pretty interesting thing. So, But I'm sure you're just absolutely jacked to get back out there. So jacked. Lots of pent up energy, I'm sure. <laughs> from people in the crowd and as well as us so (laughs) really quick too beyond touring like are you excited about like this record coming out and people finally being able to hear it yes it is uh it's been a long time coming and we're so proud of this record and um the response has been amazing so far so we're glad that it's finally out and people can jam it and it. we're so excited for this record cycle it's gonna be insane mm-hmm. so yeah nice, man so spotify apple um, music everywhere yep go get it yes sir yes now sir. because you're gonna be on the road you're probably gonna have downtime to like absorb your star wars stuff but we need to make sure you know how to talk star wars still so that's what we're here to do <laughs> uh, so uh let's get going you ready to talk some star wars yeah put me to the test i'm ready all right. So, James, you know what we do to kick off the show to get the uh, the wheels greased around here. It is our top segment. And which one are we doing this week? The Force is with me. And I'm one with the Force. That's it. You just heard it. One with the Force. I'm really excited about this. Uh, we're going to run through a couple different topics. We're going to be able to... We're going to each pick one answer that we've thought about ahead of time and uh, provided... Um, that that is our our best response so let's get started here uh choosing 
from these pairs of actors, I'll read them, um, that brought one Star Wars character to life, which combo did the best overall? So we get to pick one of these combinations. It's either Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan, it's either Alden Ehrenreich and Harrison Ford as Han Solo, or it's Donald Glover and Billy D. Williams as Lando. Those are the three options. Uh, John, I'm starting with you on this one. All right, so I know listeners are going to put um, a book it on me saying Alden and Harrison, but I have to go with Ewan and Alec Guinness um, just because I really feel like Ewan McGregor was like you couldn't have picked a better person to play Obi-Wan and even I think they did facial mapping to show that their like bone structure like is very similar and he just absorbed himself into the character made it his own and now when you see him you think Obi-Wan just as much as when you see Alec Guinness and I love Alden Ehrenreich I thought he was an incredible Han Solo but yeah maybe you could have gotten someone else to play him I can't imagine anyone else being that younger version of Obi-Wan Kenobi anymore uh, so we'll see if I change that if they you know bring Alden back for some more solo but as of now since him and Donald Glover only had the small sample size I gotta tip my hat to Ewan and I have to go with Ewan and Alec Guinness all right that's a good that's a good answer ashi uh let me know which one you pick what do you think um this this was a good question and three great options um i would also have to go with ewan ultimately um because like john said he really made it his own thing um i think um alden ehrenreich did a good job of doing that as well but maybe it didn't land for everybody as well as Ewan did. And Donald Glover, I feel like kind of was just playing Billy D. Williams um, more than, you know, creating his own version of the character. So I kind of had to just go with Ewan. I mean, when I, when I saw Ewan as Obi-Wan as a kid, of course I didn't really think about the acting involved. I just saw the character on screen. So, um, there was not one second where I was like, that's not Obi-Wan, you know, maybe mm-hmm. if I was an adult when I first saw it, um, it would have been a different story. I don't really know. I don't really have that perspective, but, uh, for Alden and Donald, I was, um, you know, much older. So I was able to compare and contrast in my head. Whereas when I saw you and McGregor, it was just, that's Obi-Wan. No questions asked. Solid. All right, Lacey, what, nice. what's your pick? Well, I think some good arguments have been made for Ewan, but the question is pairs. So I think just the fact that Harrison Ford is listed, he automatically wins because you can't have Star Wars without Harrison Ford. And even if you didn't necessarily like Alden's performance, which I loved, and I think he did it perfectly, and even Harrison Ford said it was perfect, uh, Harrison will then bump up Alden's performance because it's Harrison Ford as Han Solo, which is ultimately like almost everybody's top three characters in star wars like he is who you think about i mean besides luke skywalker like he's the next person i think about when i think of star wars so i'm gonna go with alden and harrison ford because of harrison ford nice good answer good call um good point so it's interesting i'm actually taking the exact opposite as ashi here 
and I'm going Donald Glover and Billy D. Williams uh, as Lando. <laughs> the the I'm reason we covered all three because I was yeah. a little nervous about that. the The reason I'm going with this one is because the question implies that two actors had to make one character, and Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness. They're they're the same character, but they're different because Ewan made it his own, and that's a good thing, and that's totally okay. Alden, same thing. It's not Harrison Ford. It's a different Han Solo, but it's still really good, but it's Alden's thing. It's kind of his own version. Donald Glover is Billy D. Williams. He's <laughs> They are the same character. Uh, Donald Glover and Billy D. Williams are both Lando to 100%. It's indistinguishable to me. I, I, I For think the moment he, did, he said Han... Yeah, I think he did such an amazing job at bringing that character to life, which is based on Billy Dee's performance. He didn't go, he didn't lean into the make it your own, um, uh, kind of, you know, do do your own thing so that you can be regarded as uh, the other Lando or the younger Lando or something like that. He's like, no, it's, it's just Lando, you know? That's the character, that's who I am, and I think he did the best job acting and and conveying that character as as one character uh simultaneously am, among the different timelines so i gotta go all with right. i gotta go with that combination lando wins uh for me um but all great answers yeah good, good reasons all right let's move on to the next one here um we all want to see um the upcoming star wars content all new content we're all very excited about it but it is true that some projects do get canceled and we've seen it happen as recently as rangers of the new republic uh that was put on the shelf so with that thought in mind which upcoming live action star wars series would would you be the least upset to find out it was canceled (laughs) it's kind of a tricky question because we're all excited to see it all but Lacey, i'm starting with you on this one um which one are you least excited about this one hurts a bit because (laughs) i'm the type of person that I'm just excited for everything. So the fact that it's like, oh, pick one that you're not excited about. So I'm going to give kind of a cop-out answer. I'm going to say Lando because no one's tied to it yet. So it wouldn't be upsetting if they cancel it because we don't know if Billy D or Donald are coming back. Therefore, mm-hmm. I could be like, well, they weren't really organized, so it's okay. And then whereas the other stuff, like they've locked in people for them, um, which... It's a challenge because you look at Lando and you're like, obviously I want Lando, but then you look at Ahsoka and you're like, but Rosario Dawson did such a good job and the whole Ezra thing and Thrawn and there's so much there that we already know is coming. It's really hard to not be disappointed if that fell through. Whereas the Lando, we really don't know anything about it and no one's tied to it. So I'm like, what you don't know, you don't know type thing. Yeah. All right. Um, John, you're going next on this one. What do you think? Mine's Lando also, but for a different... (laughs) But for a different reason, and James is like, I just said how good he was. But <laughs> my, my reason is, I remember when there was the rumors of a Lando series and I was on the podcast talking about how I thought that was a bad idea because I always saw Lando as a complimentary character. As awesome and cool as he is, I never saw the idea of let me see Lando carry something and like be the lead. I never really felt... I thought I always thought his purpose was serving the other characters and building them up and it being another, you know, cog in the wheel of the story, not being the main driver of the story. So 
Um, so then when I officially heard the announcement, you know, we were sitting there on that streaming thing, hoping they were going to announce a solo series and they announced Lando. I was like, oh, all right. Well, I do like Donald Glover. So maybe it'll be cool. I still don't know how they'd get Billy D in because he's, I think he's like 83 now. So that's, I don't know what they would do there. Uh, Harrison Ford's already hurt doing Indy 5 and he's 78. So I... I just think the Lando thing, I, I don't know. I'll still love it because I love Star Wars and I'm a glutton for punishment in that way. But I think if I had to pick one, I would say Lando because I, I really don't know that I'm super like as amped as I am for the other shows that are coming up. Gotcha. Um, Ashi, why did you too pick Lando? <laughs> uh, I'm actually I'm not going to go with Lando because right. I do have some hope that it will get off the ground and maybe they'll somehow swing it into a situation where they're talking about like Kira and Maul and the crime syndicates and things like that. Cause that's a story that I want to see continued. Um, I do agree that um, they basically got no information for us. <laughs> so it's pretty easy to let go of at this point. And I, you know, I was thinking about this question. I was like, if you would have asked me like, probably a year ago or whatever, I probably would have said Andor because initially that show was kind of, I didn't see much value in going back and uh, seeing that story. But the more that I've heard about it, the more interested I've become. Uh, But that being said, uh, I couldn't let go of Ahsoka. I couldn't let go of Acolyte because that one is like really really interesting to me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so it's still kind of got to be Andor, even though i i uh, have gained more interest than i had initially mm-hmm. i would have said rangers which it's already happened so <laughs> <laughs> right yeah I, I i didn't have a ton of interest in that one anyway so yeah um, makes it a little easier i i don't know maybe i'm the most controversial here <laughs> I think if I was going to get rid of one show, I had to get one, rid of one. I would say Mandalorian season three. And did you just quit whoa. the podcast just now? Because it seemed like you did. Sizzling, scorching take from Camp it seems, Really? It seems like you just quit the podcast in three seconds. Well, That's well, wild. My thought here is that we've already discussed on the podcast, maybe Ashi's not... Um, privy to this but there's no way Mandalorian's going anywhere he's going to show up in you know Ahsoka and Book of Boba Fett does this count as an upcoming though Bing yeah, me. It's, it's not out they haven't started filming it I, I feel like he's already bending the rules a little but am I? it because uh, upcoming I was like the things that they've announced that they haven't happened yet well Mandalorian season three. <laughs> all, right, all right, I'll accept but, it. But okay, my thought, my thought on this too Asterisk. is like, I, th- baby, baby Yoda's not going anywhere. Mandalorian's not going anywhere. We still can continue to see these, these characters pop up in other things. But as mm-hmm. far as the actual story of the Mandalorian going from here to there and delivering it, 
the end of season two felt like the end of the series. And I feel like if they they came up and they were like, look, we worked on season three. We thought about it. It, it actually isn't going to pan out. We have other plans for Mandalorian. Um, you know, that's not the last you're ever going to see of him. I'd be like, that's cool. I had a lot of fun with Mandalorian, but I, th- I feel like I can accept that I had a really good first and second season, but it would really suck to miss out on Acolyte or Ahsoka or Lando mm-hmm. or any of these other series that we, we don't even know what those shows could be they, they could be really awesome and i i had a great time to- uh, a great run with mandalorian um so i'm i'm okay with splitting if that was james i'm just hearing it's one. not it's not it's, <laughs> it's not, not you, you mandalorian it's me, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> i just no. i'm picturing already the the quote tweets the comments <laughs> the uh, that's all i was hearing is like it's been fun but you know what? i just need space i need the <laughs> apple pod reviews james baney is a bastard no, no. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's a maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. I thought I thought it was. I, a now good that one. you've explained yourself, it makes sense because it was a good ending. It, it makes sense. It's it yeah. a good ending. It was yeah. a great ending, and like I think if they were if they did say like you know what we're not going to go ahead with with season three of Mando, you'll see these characters again and other stuff. But that was it for this particular show. I wouldn't be like overly surprised or or upset. I think like so I get it. Had get they it. had they said that before it ended, and they were like, "This is the this is the last season of Mandalorian," we would have been like, "Oh man, dang!" And then that would have happened, and we would have been like, "That makes sense." You know, that was a great Skywalker. That was a great end to it, and the fact that they're coming in and saying you get more Mandalorian, I'm like, that's awesome. But also, I don't need more Mandalorian because I got a great Mandalorian. So. Um, it feels like Breaking Bad season five or something. <laughs> You're like, it was great. I loved it, but I feel like I could have ended it for and we all would have been happy. Yeah, and that's a lot a problem with a lot of series is if they keep it going too long. Sometimes if it's wrapped up in a bow, just leave it that way. Yeah, you guys all yeah. be you'll all be coming back to me when Mandalorian season three bombs and it's terrible. It just, it's, ter- <laughs> it's terrible. It won't. It won't. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one here. Um, name one character from the original trilogy that didn't appear in the sequel trilogy that you wish had made an appearance. Um, Ashi, I'm starting with you right away on this one. What's your pick? Okay. Um, since I'm going first, I'm just going to say Mace Windu. From the original trilogy. Oh, original trilogy. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> well, I guess I just have to go with Anakin then, the obvious answer. No, no, no. Well, yeah. I, that counts, right? Yeah. It, it that would have been, been Hayden Christensen, I guess. But, that counts. Uh, man, Star Wars is hard. <laughs> um, but, okay. I, I will go with Anakin. I, I was really, really, really hoping he would show up in um, Rise of Skywalker. And I was pretty bummed that it didn't happen. And going, you know, how people make things online. And I mm-hmm. watched something the other day where they just like put in all the force ghosts at the end, yeah. at the end of the movie. And it was like chill inducing. So, uh, mm-hmm. but Mace Windu was in there. So <laughs> true. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, uh, Lacey, you're you're up next on this one. Um, what's one character you would have liked to seen show up? So Hayden was a great answer, Anakin, because uh, mine was Obi Wan. I felt like that was we heard him in TFA, and I feel like that was a pretty simple thing they could have done. And I know John's mad because I stole his answer because I knew he was going to answer this. So I'm happy <laughs> I went did? first. Yeah, because you said this before. 
we've done we've done too many podcasts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I do like the Anakin pick. Um, I don't like the Mace Windu pick because I'm I die. I just feel like that guy just got killed big time. But you don't think uh, he became one with the Force? No, he's he, he's not down with that. He doesn't mess around with that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, Qui-Gon was the first to do that. Mace Windu didn't figure that stuff out. But, oh, that's true. Didn't think about that. But, I mean, I guess he he did figure something out because he got to be one of the voices. But the Anakin one, I, I agree. That could have been, like, a big a big deal. Like, that could have been really cool. Especially if he visited, like, Luke or something on... Or Kylo. Octo. Yeah, right, right. So, I, I love that pick. But mine is Obi-Wan. I really think... It would have made, and you know, Obi Wan did appear via Ewan McGregor's voice and and a little bit of Alec Guinness's voice. But I mean, actually appearing, I really think they could have done something, especially with a Force ghost, to make it visually believable to bring back the Alec Guinness ghost and use Stephen Stanton's voice. Because if you've ever heard his Obi Wan, it is perfection to Alec Guinness's Obi Wan voice. I really was hoping that he would turn up, whether it's him and Yoda in The Last Jedi with Luke, or he shows up to Rey, like, to say, like, these are your last steps or something like that. Like, Obi-Wan being that looming presence throughout the original trilogy and being in the prequel trilogy, really, I feel like it was a missing, he was a missing part of the sequel trilogy, and they could have done it, especially when you see now what they do with all the CGI stuff of these characters. Like, CGI Luke, people had their issues with it, and that's fine. But if you did Force Ghost, I think you can be a little more cloudy with it and make it more believable. I, I really would have loved to have seen an Alec Guinness ghost and voiced by Stephen Stan. Go lo- like that Rebels episode he did as Obi-Wan is out of control good. So mm-hmm. I think that would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, no, all great answers from you guys. I think you guys really landed on like main characters. I think one of the things for me going into the sequel trilogy that I expected to see in Force Awakens that just didn't happen was was uh, Mon Mothma showing up. Um, and she I was on my li- my short list in my head. Short list, that, yeah, that's cool. It, the thing for me with with Mon Mothma is that they very heavily leaned into her as the next like political leader for the um, mm-hmm. for the New Republic. And I thought for sure, I mean, I know time had passed and stuff, and I know they were trying to focus on Leia and the resistance and stuff like that, but I felt there was kind of a missing angle that was we never really saw anything happen on Hosnian Prime. And it was like, oh, the capital, Hosnian Prime, there it is, boom, there it's gone, and that was it. And when you're looking up stuff like, who's the chancellor? It's like, you know, there's this alien that you've never seen before, and I, I get it, you know, maybe there's some stories there that they could lead into the lineage or whatever, but that also could have added a lot of weight for her to be the one that was, you know, still in charge, or or at least was there with the new chancellor or something when she died, and then it wouldn't have just been a loss of a planet, it would have been a, at least a loss of a character that we, like, we cared about. And they were going to do that with Corsella, but it never ended up being put in the, the movie. I, I don't know. It, yeah. I, I kind of feel like Mon Mothma being an original <clears throat> trilogy character um, showing up in and kind of explaining a little bit of like the bigger politics um, was kind of something that maybe was missing from the sequel trilogy. But, you know, uh, you know, here and or there. The actress Caroline Blackiston is 88, still alive. They could have probably could have brought her back if they wanted to. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Good answers, uh, all of you. I got one more, though. Let's do one more. Um, pick one Star Wars character to have your back in a mosh pit 
in a galaxy far, far away. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually uh, kick this off, and um, it's funny. I, I pulled up the name of this character, and I've already immediately I closed it out, and I totally forgot. But and, and Lacey will know right off. But it's the character in Force Awakens who's the big guy. Grumgar. Grumgar, that's it. Yep. Isn't that his name? Isn't that yeah. his name? Grumgar? I think it is because, yeah. like, I looked it up before we before we did this, and then I closed out of it. Um, no, I he mean, he lounges I, on the couch like this, just like I just. He's like oh, a really bad guy. dude. You <laughs> just you gotta have you gotta have some. It is you gotta Grumgar. Have an idea that this guy is gonna <laughs> just completely own a pit. It actually um, it reminds <laughs> me of back back in the day when I was, you know, in the crowd and stuff and I was doing all the moshing and stuff, there was this guy who was so big and he was just in there and he was swinging his arms and he was knocking kids down. I always compared him to like Sauron and Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you just stay away from that guy. And yeah, that's, that was my first thought of you want that guy. And I was like, who's that guy in Star Wars? It, it's it's Grumgar. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That, that is a funny <laughs> and good pick. John, what, what what's your pick for Mosh Pit back? So... People will think I was going to say Chewbacca, but I am not. I am saying Jacked Fish. <laughs> Ashi's the like, Sando, what? The Sando Aqua Monster. Uh, so, Ashi, you would know him as like the, the bigger fish who takes the fish and bites the other fish, and he's just absolutely yeah. yoked. Uh, that, <laughs> that, that guy, <laughs> Jacked Fish, would be my, my buddy in the pit. Just knocking fools out, and maybe he has to wear like a helmet with water so he can breathe. I don't know if he's like uh, amphibious or whatever, but he's <laughs> knocking fools out because he's jacked fish, and that's my pick. Gotcha. All right, Lacey, like uh, who is your mosh pit pick? Well, first of all, I would be the last person to ever be in a mosh pit of any type. Uh, that being said, based on his performance in Solo Star Wars Story, I would say Chewie. He was taking dudes down left and right and like football tackling people. Like Jonas was going all out and I just, I feel like I'd just be like Ray and um, Last Jedi where she's like, Chewie! Like that would be me because I just would be totally out of place. Does he, he does not beat like ass in that movie? Doesn't he, he like does. double choke slam some guys? He <laughs> tackles someone. He rips people's arms off. You know. Yeah. He he drilled that one guy like choke slams his head into the ground. Maybe that's what I'm. What's that yeah, called? What it's like a wrestling move, isn't it? Like called like a tombstone or something. He didn't do a tombstone, but it's very similar. He did yeah, do something very similar. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. What's your pick, Ashi? Uh, I'm going with Dexter Jester. <laughs> He's got four arms, so extra extra sick moves in the pit. He's a big guy. He smells, a, so people move away from him. Yeah, yeah. That, I was gonna say that. He's also uh, he's always always got your back, you know. Just, he's uh, he's Obi Wan's boy, and I know he'd be my boy too. I mean, so. he's got your back. Depends on how big your pocketbook is, but that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great no. answer. <laughs> yeah, forearms, man. I can imagine the dance possibilities on that guy uh, for sure. Yeah, he'd be swinging. <laughs> His pants would come down though. Uh, yeah, oh my gosh! So, Lacey, you've never been in a mosh pit. No. John, have you ever been in a mosh pit? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I can't possibly imagine Ashi has somehow avoided them, or have you? I've definitely not avoided them. I've avoided them in my recent years. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. 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 Um, in my younger younger days. 
No, I was a hundred percent. Yeah. When, back in, back when we were playing like floor shows and stuff, like I would climb over that first group of people and be out in, in the pits too, just to, even as a band member, you know, because oh, yeah. our shows were just like that. But all right. Um, that is it guys for one with the force. Uh, we had a lot of fun, a lot of great answers. Um, we're getting ready to head into the discussion though, which is a little nuts. So John, tell us what we're talking about. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right, yeah. So, um, you know, we're, we're taking liberties here with terms, but just for the sake of this discussion and technicalities, we're calling this the impact of Boba Fett having a twin sister. Um, so it turns out Omega, who a lot of people did speculation on, the, the moment we saw her, is Boba Fett's twin sister, sort of, via cloning. But Django had one other altered clone, and it turns out it is Omega from the Bad Batch. So let's kind of talk about this and what impact it could have on the future of Boba Fett, who until recently remained a pretty one-dimensional, mysterious sort of character beyond what we saw from him as a child in Attack of the Clones. Um, we got a bit more of his personality in the book of Bo- in um, The Mandalorian Season 2. But are we in for an even bigger level of humanization of the character? And is that a good thing? You know, I feel like some people and what made me want to start with this is I feel like old school Boba Fett fans. And, you know, we we make the joke about the history of it and how he made his debut in the holiday special as a cartoon. People know who he was. Then the action figure came out for Empire Strikes Back and then the movie came out. So everyone kind of like created their narrative of who this guy would be. And then he was just this mysterious sort of small character. And that's why people thought he was cool. Now we're getting like these layers to him and he has more family and stuff. And, you know, you hear Tamara Morrison when he did that little hot tub selfie interview saying like, I just finished Book of Boba. (laughs) And he's like talking about uh, stunts and makeup. So I got to think we're going to see more Boba Fett without his helmet on, which means they're going to be more, you know, serious dramatic exchanges and stuff like that maybe him crawling out of the sarlacc who knows but we're gonna see more of the human side of boba fett and my question is and i don't know if i have an answer to that is that a good thing do we want to see every star wars character fleshed out with a full arc and all this stuff or do we like the mysterious sort of gunslinger and we don't need to know too much about him he's our action figure and we love him uh just kind of you know beating people up so I just want to throw it out to you guys. You know, Ashi, you're our guest, so we'll kick it off to you first. What you know? What are your thoughts, first of all, on the on the reveal of Omega also being a unaltered direct clone of Jango Fett? And how do you think maybe that leads to any kind of implications on the character of Boba Fett? And and you know how that is going to kind of flesh itself out? Any speculation? And by the way, speculate away. That's what we do. We have a good time. It's 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 all it's all gravy so what do you what's your take on all this stuff to kick us off yeah i think it's really interesting it brings up a lot of questions i mean for starters what comes to mind is you know that boba is you know was kind of created for Django by choice by it was Django's choice for him to be an unaltered clone so he could kind of have him as like a son right mm-hmm. um so you wonder you know what's the reasoning behind omega um, was it something that the Kaminoans did for a particular purpose? Because I know they mentioned earlier in the season that, you know, every clone has a purpose, uh, even Boba. His purpose was to be, you know, Django's son. 
Um, so what is Omega's purpose? Why was she, why was she created unaltered? Um, and then the next thing that comes to mind is, um, are they going to bring in that like lost story of um, Cad Bane and Boba Fett doing a shootout? So when I saw Cad Bane in the episode before this, I thought, um, oh, that's interesting. And I know they have some unfinished episodes where Cad Bane meets Boba Fett. So he grabs Omega, uh, take, takes her back to the Kaminoans, and um, now they're, you know, mentioning Boba Fett by name in this episode. Um, so I find that interesting. Is Are we going to see that little storyline? Um, and is that all going to build up even more into the book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian stuff? Um, so it's a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff um, happening. A lot of questions raised as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so James, obviously you had the opportunity to see this episode before any of us did. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to go to Lacey here, uh, to get her thoughts on it. Um, cause you like me, weren't the biggest Boba Fett fan and maybe we were benefited by the fact of what they gave us in, you know, like the Mandalorian and we saw a little more layers to him. So what is your take on maybe even more layers to the story of Boba Fett being thrown into the mix here? So I have some questions and these might be (laughs) dumb questions. Uh, My question is one, does Django know that Omega exists or was she created in private? Or is that like not been answered? No, we don't know. Yeah, I don't think that it's been answered. I okay. Think my guess would be that we don't know. Question know two. Uh, I would assume that the clone troopers are all men because they're clones from him. So why is she a woman? That's, That's my second question. question. I'm just throwing them out into the universe. Maybe people in the comments can answer them. That being said, uh, I think it's super interesting. I mean... Man, Fed Dumption is real. Like, he is getting the ultimate storyline right now that he's getting, like, long-lost siblings. Like, Fennec Shand is playing into Bad Batch now, and then she's obviously going to be in the book of Boba Fett. So how does that... Does Boba Fett ever find out about Omega? Or is that going to be the storyline for Book of Boba Fett where Fennec's like, well, you have a sister. Surprise! Like, how is that going to work out? Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's just nuts. I'm excited to see where it goes. And I'm excited that, you know, animation fans are getting these really cool moments that are then going to play into the live action stuff. So there is that more of that connectivity that we always look for. Um, Because I feel like oftentimes, and I'm sure James feels this way too, is that animation fans get these great stories, but they don't have those direct connections to the live action in a way that you have to watch the other stuff it's more like a hey if you want more go check this out this to me is a storyline that you're like oh no you need to watch this if you want to understand this other thing um so that's really cool i don't know how i feel about the making boba fett a human type like the whole thing that really got me to be like yay boba fett for mandalorian is that he like came in and wrecked house (laughs) like he just like destroyed people he was really like he obviously helped out the Mandalorian because he got something from him and it was like a give and take relationship, which ultimately at the end of the season, we see that he moves on and becomes the ruthless person that we know him as. 
But I really loved that, like, very savage nature of him of, like, I'm just going to kill everyone and and I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm out for revenge. And I found that super interesting. Now, I get it that at deep down, we're all human. <laughs> we all have, you know, emotions and there's things that drive the decisions and choices that we make. And that's a big theme in Star Wars is like making those right and wrong decisions and how they affect other people in the universe, etc. I don't know. I just got like a very giddy joy out of watching him destroy stormtroopers. So I'm kind of really wanting that for the series, which I know is very stupid and like one line, one dimensional character. Um, So I'm interested to see where it goes, especially if Filoni's involved. You know, there's going to be some type of heart that comes into the story. Um, Yeah, yeah, I don't know where it's going to go. So, James, you've been shepherding our version of reacting to Bad Batch with the Bad Batch reaction show, mm-hmm. losing a lot of sleep, mm-hmm. uh, getting up early, doing Say the thing. Again. What? Sorry. What? I fell asleep. James. 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 <laughs> um, but also, you uh, obviously did a lot of speculation on Omega throughout your journey so far with uh, this show and reacting. So, what was your what was your reaction when you saw it before everybody? And and what's your take on how this weaves in and all all of it? Didn't people think it was Palpatine at first? Like, I remember seeing those theories when she showed up at a, 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 think, a People yeah, thought it was a Palpatine clone, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, because, okay. I mean, there's there's obviously a lot of cloning going on even in, in this particular episode and stuff. Like, we don't, we don't really know what they're getting into with, like, you know, characters and tubes and all sorts of stuff that's going on. The thing, the thing that is really driving to me is, like, I, I've, I've speculated that Omega might be Force-sensitive, um, mm. And the thing was, is like after we saw this episode, and we and I, I got to sit down with um, Brad and Jennifer who, who work on the show. You know, they clearly implied that you know there's more to this character even beyond what we saw in the latest episode. So I think there there's more uh, that could be uh, uncovered with Omega's character down the line. But I think already like this is this is crazy. You know, this is this is uh, big news, and it's interesting. You know how what we know about um, Lucasfilm and these storytellers and how they seed things. Dave Filone is obviously a little involved in this and he's a little involved in, you know, Book of Boba Fett and, you know, and stuff. So it's like, there are people who are definitely working on these projects consecutively. So making, making the Bad Batch, creating the character of Omega with some intent that uh, she's important, this is her story, is is surely not going to lead to the end of the series where she dies. You have right. to imagine that she's probably going to make it out of this series. And when do we ever see this character again? It's starting to make sense to me what Lacey was saying. There's a reason they also brought in Fennec Shand. There's also a reason that Boba Fett and Fennec Shand are in the book of Boba Fett together. There's a there's a good possibility that, that Boba Fett, or uh, Tamara Morrison, I should say, now referring to we're going to go back we're going to see where he's been we're going to see some of his history it's like all of a sudden this stuff starts to make sense and i really start to question if omega is going to become a live action character and the bad batch exists for a short short term right now not only to continue the clone wars and kind of wrap up you know that era of the clones but also to set in future storytelling for one particular character and where that character goes right now they've already seeded this new unveiling that boba fett has family whereas like our understanding of boba fett is like he only had one person in his life that he could call family and that was jenga fett and we watched him be murdered on screen so it's like 
he's been a loner since then. This revelation that there's another person out there that's not a clone, that is like more of a sister to him is crazy, right? You know, they refer to him as Alpha in the episode. She is Omega. They are the beginning yeah. and the end. It's it's nuts, you know. So I don't know. I mean that that's initially like where I t- what I take away from the impact of Boba Fett having a, a sister. That's nuts to me. Yeah. Ashi, did you think like when you were watching Bad Batch, did you get like pick up on the hints or like or believe the hints that uh, Omega might be force sensitive also? Because I kind of leaned that way a little bit too when she's like, "Oh, I had a feeling," and you know that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm kind of fifty fifty on it um, because. Uh, I, I w- I'd say maybe 60, 40. I'm going to say 60% not force sensitive. Okay. But there's always a chance. Um, you never know. And, and, and that kind of goes back to what, you know, we had, I had mentioned before about, you know, creating a character for a purpose. Um, you know, they, they say that she's unaltered. So if she is force sensitive, I guess it would just have to have been by chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, whether she's force sensitive or not, I guess I'm just more interested in the purpose for which she was created, um, and mm-hmm. you know what role she plays um, on Camino, essentially, because it seems like she's kind of the Kaminoans thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, yeah. obviously it's very it's interesting how um, they they care about the. I don't know. Obviously, this episode had a lot of like Blade Runner esque to it. Like that thought of like, is a replicant a person, an individual, or are they property of their creators? Like, obviously, that was part of the the story here too. So it's it's really interesting the dynamic of um, not just looking at um, Omega as. Uh, what we see her as a person, a clone, an individual that has life and existence, but like also as like a piece of property that they need to get back because she has all this genetic information in her. That's important to their process. The only thing that makes me a little nervous and, you know, I'm a huge Palpatine fan, of course, is, you know, there's been belief or speculation that what's been going on with uh, the blood of Grogu is for research for Palpatine's return and that sort of thing and we saw what may have been like Snoke in the in the you know water or the clone whatever mm-hmm. um, like Omega being a clone of a non-force sensitive person and and being and turning out to have you know a midichlorian count you know high enough to manipulate the force is that a realization where Palpatine finds this out and discovers like, oh, clones can also use the force. And I, if I do return, I can still use my powers. I'm not saying they're going to go that way. And that's a wild speculation point. But we've seen how much they weave Palpatine into this stuff. And I'm not ruling it out entirely because you do have a clone of Jango Fett who is just a bounty hunter. As far as we know, I don't think they're retconning... Jango Fett is some force sensitive person <laughs> that his direct clone can you use the force. You in the show? They talked about it. I know. Yeah, he just killed that that reek using the force. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, So I know it's an outlandish thing. I'm just throwing it out there because that's we're just we're having a good time here. I'm just tossing that out there. I don't know that I would like it, but I wouldn't shock me if that's something that they went with seeing Palpatine find out 
because he obviously he was tied in with all the clones and that's what caused him to create the empire had finding out that that clone somehow was able to use the force in him saying i can still i can come back i can do what i my master couldn't do and come back from the dead i'm just tossing that out there i know it's ridiculous it just makes me laugh because I feel like a couple months ago before Bad Batch came out, we came, we were kind of discussing, like, are we cloned out? Are clones too much <laughs> in Star am. Wars? And then what they're the- like, surprise, there's another clone. And it's Boba Fett's sister. And you're like, oh, OK, I guess we're, we're going with this. Well, hey, I mean, going into Bad Batch, I wasn't even really that excited for the show. I was like, right. okay. like right. the, the Bad Batch arc in the last season of Clone Wars was like, OK, whatever. And that's how everybody I felt got, like yeah, okay and I, we we all got hooked on this show like real quick like first episode everyone's <laughs> yeah. like let's go give me some more and um you know it just keeps getting better so um you never know <laughs> i definitely i definitely think like part of the reason that people didn't vibe with the bad batch and also uh you know trace and rafa and all that like uh, like I think because those episodes were the episodes that like you brought Clone Wars back for these episodes like that's not what we want to see get to mm-hmm. the stuff that's get, get to the, to the, the real yeah. Ahsoka mm-hmm. stuff get to the mall stuff you put that stuff in the trailer that's what we're excited for so it was like it was like every week like trying to be excited about those episodes but being like okay two more of these and then we'll get to the good stuff and i think people like really overlooked that now that we get an entire series that's based around these characters now that they've brought trace and rafa back in all of a sudden now you saw the vibe and the reaction to those characters returning people are like i was a little not sure about them in the original now i'm i'm more on board with how you know that was a setup for their return um i think bad batch is kind of uh justifying a little bit of those first episodes of of clone wars they're saying like hey those weren't just random filler episodes that we put out there to hold you over till you got to the mall and ahsoka stuff um they had purpose um it's here the is long the game yeah yeah and, and we're gonna tell these stories so um I don't know, but I mean, going going back to the the thing of it though, is as you guys were mentioning, like, are you cloned out? Like, I don't know. It's it's so funny. I I barely even think of the Bad Batch as clones. Like for some reason, they just they vibe to me as like four individual characters that are just in this world trying to get by, and they're trying to protect this girl. And every once in a while, you know, they'll say like, oh, she's you know, Django Fett's like daughter kind of thing. And I'm like, ah, should have seen that coming. She looks just like him. <laughs> Yeah, I, just, I I don't see how they he hasn't don't got any more clones. I don't see how they don't incorporate that now because, like you know, Lacey brought up, you know, they they brought Fennec Shand in. It was obviously for a reason. It wasn't just hey, let's just you know use use the actress for uh, which seemed random for... at first. I it mean, yes. Ming-Na said so, that she was just like, I don't know if I should do this. Not yeah. knowing that she'd be coming back for Mandalorian season two. Right. And, you know, she's obviously done voice work before with Mulan. So mm-hmm. it's not foreign to her. But uh, I'm thinking like age wise and I would try to do this. You know, this takes place, you know, about 19 or so BBY. I don't know. Omega's like 11 or 12 years old. Um, so you're trying to do the math there and you figure Book of Boba Fett. Mandalorian's like nine years after the Galactic Civil War. So you're going to get like Omega's like in her 40s during the time of Book of Boba Fett. Like, 
we may see, you know, who knows, a familiar actress that we know all of a sudden showing up and they're the, imagine they're the villain of the Book of Boba Fett or something and they do this big family rival thing. Like, they could do something like that and make it this big family thing for Boba Fett more than just, it's Boba Fett just doing Boba Fett things. Look at him go, you know? So, I'm... And again, who, uh, we may go back, look at this episode and be like, well, I'm so stupid to think that. But yeah, I think that every awesome week. Thing. Next think week's that Bad time. Batch episode would be like, that information was false. That's not, you know, yeah, we never yeah, know how right, quickly things right. can change. But yeah, the soap I would, opera I, thing, yeah. Going back to the force sensitivity thing, like I have been rallying that, that if that was my guess and it's been a total guess, I, I didn't really have like a good reason for that. I just was trying to look for something that was how could we make this character special to me like i said earlier it seems like they might even have more uh planned for this character but i'm starting to think that when you tell me something like that that you know and, and i put together what i did before fennec shan's in this she's gonna be in this and uh, the character living out through the series and stuff all that starts to fall into she doesn't need to be force sensitive anymore at this point i feel like they already have done something that really shines a light on the fact that you can you can probably go out to anybody and be like do you like star wars and if they say yes you'd be like you know who boba fett is right and they go yes and then you go did you know she has a sister and all of a sudden that's new information good bad interesting whatever um it's something that is so i don't know like divergent from what you understood about the original trilogy now you know uh, that it's yeah. it just really adds this new wrench to the storytelling possibilities, and I I, I think it's it's re- a really cool twist, and it's funny that you compare that to um, Luke and Leia too. It's like all of a sudden now out of nowhere, this character that you've been following has a twin sister. It's like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Darth Boba Vader? Goes, what? <laughs> Boba Fett goes to Obi Wan like, why didn't you tell me? He's like, dude, I don't know you. I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's it's. You can compare that to, like, are we cloned out? Well, not anymore because they're doing a good <laughs> job with the show. Are we yeah. done with uh, too many sisters? Well, I don't know if, uh, it, you know, if she's Boba Fett's sister and they make a really good story out of it, then no, that wasn't a bad choice. You know what I mean? It all just depends on execution and, you know, we'll get there when we get there, but I hope it turns out cool. <laughs> that's a great that's a great point because there's so many times you're like the the whole adage like you know nobody asked for blank nobody mm-hmm. asked for a young han solo film nobody yeah. asked for this and then people see it and they're like that's pretty damn good mm. you know yeah. so that's a good that's a great point ashi and a positive you know spin on something like you can still say like how i'm kind of all set with the clone thing and then they do it right and you're like yeah but it was good you, you don't have to take the hard line you know yeah. yes yeah just wait and see. Yeah, I like the, the Boba I like Fett the thing, thing you said. Everybody gets a sister. Like the character <laughs> uh, Wopra is going to show up and be like, "You get a sister. You Wopra. get a sister." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah is a Kami- uh, Kaminoan and just like giving out clones <laughs> yeah. to people. Well, yeah, um, it's like people do complain sometimes, like with uh, you know everybody being related to each other in Star Wars kind of thing. You know, yeah. I mean? So, yeah. but you know, it, it, and I think like. Leia being Luke's sister at first was probably kind of like, wait, what? You know, yeah, yeah, definitely. For obvious reasons, uh-huh, the kiss. Um, but Four kisses, you know, buddy. <laughs> right. But it's like, now that we have so much like encompassing story around it, it's like, oh, it's great. We love that they're brother and sister. And like, we, f- we feel that they're brother and sister 
um, on a deeper level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they've told such good stories around it. So, yeah. Were you were you always a Boba Fett fan? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, so who isn't? Wait, I, I wasn't the biggest fan. Yeah, they I'm are. Really? I, I I was. I was like Boba Fett. We did a a March Madness thing, and I I drafted him as the coolest character, and law. I was third. I lost to Darth Vader and Kylo Ren, but I was like, I would have thought for sure he was like my number one pick. Like everybody thinks Boba Fett's the coolest character. Yeah. But my reasoning is because he dies a chump death prior <laughs> to the Mandalorian. And I was like, yeah. is he really that cool if that's how he dies? But I get it. I understand why people like him. Just now great. I think he's super cool. Yeah. Just great character design. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's yeah. like, it, it's hard not to like a, an awesome helmet. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, it's like uh some people preferred him just being like a mysterious guy in the background and it's going to they're going to really have to like really make us like the character for to really break some of those people out of that, you know. Yeah. So that's why I want to ask you to kind of close out this part of the discussion is as a Boba Fett fan for a long time now, um how has you know his return changed how you feel about the character has it elevated it um has it made you like well let's see how it turns out like where do you like where are you at now with boba fett being a fan going into uh all this before his return i think if anything it's elevated it i mean like i said the character design's always going to be there um and it's like coming from the clone wars and you know the prequels and um Tamura Morrison um to me Tamura Morrison is already Boba Fett so just to be able to see him um it's funny it's like you've never really seen him play Boba Fett but because of all this other material you just know that he's Boba Fett and then when you see him on screen it just makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and I've enjoyed seeing you know what he did in the Mandalorian. And I'm very interested to um, see what they do with book of Boba Fett. Like, I don't know how they're going to go like back and um, show some stories from, I guess maybe like right after return of the Jedi when he was younger than he obviously is now. Um, Well, I guess how many years was it? He said, he said empire even. In his in his hot tub video, he's like revisiting <laughs> where has he been since Empire. So are they going to go with like what they did with Luke Skywalker and do it with Tamara Morrison and make a younger version of him? Or, you know, they, they could, or just keep they, him in the helmet. Or just keep him or, in the helmet. Yeah. yeah, keep him in the helmet and and show, like they might have like a one shot of like a de aged whatever digital like of him climbing out and then he puts the helmet on and they they kick in with the. Boba Fett theme music, whatever it is, you know, and uh, you're like, oh, he's back, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I am very excited for the book of Boba Fett, and maybe even a little more now that you know they're teasing us with potential more uh, story beats coming out of Bad Batch. So, um, I don't, know, James Lacey, any any uh, final thoughts before we uh, answer some questions? Not really. Not, yeah, not really for me. I think I think we've covered all the the big implications uh, that this could set forth. But um, we're yeah. excited. I think we're all on the same page of excited to see where they go. Yeah, and I guess that is a big question. Like Lacey Lacey posted at the beginning, did you know? Did Django know? And is that going to be a big yeah. thing that we find out? You know, um, 
Because he made it clear he wanted a son, and then they made a a girl. Unaltered, yeah. yeah, He wanted one unaltered son for his own. His own, yeah. And uh, it's interesting. But you're, you know, Ashi, you're right. Like the fact that it's Tamara Morrison just it makes it that much more acceptable. Even if you are like, I'm, I'm also with Boba Fett. You're like, but I love Tamara Morrison. He's this guy just kills it. So yes, uh, for sure. Um, all right. So uh, next, we're gonna move on to uh, some questions, give or takes on these. Uh, to take us towards the end of the show. It is Ask the Resistance, so we post these on Twitter and ask you to submit them. Uh, so you guys ready to uh, answer some of these? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? All right. Lacey, do you want to read them? or would you No, you got it. All righty. Uh, this first one is from Vader's Thoughts at Vader Thinks. <laughs> <laughs> They said, sometimes the handles are better than the questions, but we'll see on this. Do you, do you see the Bad Batch having any kind of happy ending or are we destined for heartbreak when the series concludes? Uh, so yeah, let's just go around and give our quick thoughts. James, you kind of uh, touched on this a little bit as far as Omega goes. So what do you think? Um, I think they'll probably have some sort of like sense of tragedy, like characters died, but, uh, the, the, the word I would apply to it is hopeful. And I think that's probably the best example for like rogue one, for instance, like obviously very crazy ending, but not sad. It was hopeful. You know, they, they, they had a purpose. They had their story. This is it. But there's, there's more stories to tell. We're moving on past this. Uh, I think hopeful is the right word. What do you guys think, Lacey? I agree with James. I think people are definitely going to die. This is what we know, Star Wars. Someone always dies. Uh, As for happy, I don't know if I'd say happy just based on the track record of where we ultimately end up with Star Wars, how we feel. It really depends. The hopeful thing, I think they're going to try to do that because that's the big message of Star Wars. But I think it relates to who people's favorite characters are which is how they leave the series or movie of if, or if it's hopeful or not. Cause your favorite character might die and you're like, that's not hopeful at all. But like the overarching story with other characters is mm-hmm. hopeful. So yeah. I think unfortunately Vader thinks that you are going to have some heartbreak, but hopefully it's not something you can move on from. <laughs> mm. Ashi, happy ending heartbreak. Where's bad batch wrapping up? I think I was thinking about it. It's like going to be hard to kill one or two members of the Bad Batch or and, or maybe just leave one of them alive. I think that would be so strange. Whereas mm. at the same time, it's it might be also kind of strange to kill all of them. Um, but, you know, if I had to put money on it, I would say that they would go out to make sure Omega survives. Um, and I think that's probably where they're going to go with it. Um, but yeah, it's like, I think it'd be weird if they all die, but like maybe only Hunter survives or something. So it seems like I think they're all going to go out in a blaze of glory, uh, to save Omega. Um, that's where I put my money. I'm not ready. Ashi. Oh yeah. We're going to be really choking up. Tell you that much. I, I think it's tough because of where this is in the timeline of Star Wars. Like, this is not a good time to be a good guy in Star Wars. This mm. is this is that dark period where the Empire is really rising. Yeah. And it's that whole question, like, when you tell these stories before the original trilogy, you know, where do these people go? 
during that whole epic war when they really probably could have used these guys. So um, that because of that stuff, I always usually lean towards they're not going to be around. Um, so I think when they introduce these stories around that timeline, you got to either send them off on a purgle somewhere like Ezra or Kanan, which is go out, like you said, Ashi, doing something for the greater good of the, your family or whatever. So um, I'm kind of leaning on that way there. Um, all right. So this next one here is from Dakota Latusik. What's up, man? At D Latusik 12. Favorite prequel era ship, Star Cruiser or Starfighter and why? Ashi, what do you got? Um, I'm going to go pretty basic with just like the Nubian Starfighter. I think that one kind of like sticks out nostalgia wise in my head um, for the prequels. Um, it's one of the first things I remember seeing um, when I saw Phantom Menace. And it's just a cool ship. Um, totally different from previous Star Wars designs super sleek and really indicative of like what they were going for for those uh prequel uh movies and uh yeah just another great um star wars design so it's my vote. yeah yeah mm-hmm. very cool um lacy what do you got i agree 100 n1 starfighter it's just it's the thing i first think of when you mention the prequels of like what does a ship look like then and going back to when I saw The Phantom Menace for the first time, or just when I was little, I always wanted to do the whole Anakin scene where he gets stuck in the ship and then he blows everything up by accident and then, like, he's talking to R2. Like, to me, that whole section growing up, and it still is, but, like, more then, was that it was just so fun and exciting and this little kid saved the day. It kind of really set in the motion of, oh, I'm little. I could fly that ship with R2-D2 and save the day. So I'm going to say, yeah, the N1 Starfighter. Right on. James, what do you got? The N1 Starfighter. <laughs> <laughs> I know, seriously. I, I was like, oh man. It's color said- too. None of the ships are usually colored and it's a bright yellow. It's like really cool. Yeah, I think the thing is, is that it's just like you assume that everybody else is going to have these answers, but like that is, that's a testimony to this particular ship. It's like somebody says favorite prequel or ship and you like start thinking for a second and you're like, oh man, that one's amazing and it pops out. And we, um, we actually saw it at Celebration. I'm sure he's probably talked about it more, but it's the first time I'd heard heard it doug chang talking about the design behind that and the ships is you know he talks a lot about the silhouette and immediately that ship i mean there's a whole other like um like padme's cruiser or whatever you know you might not be able to pick it out but that one immediately like you're gonna know right away and you know the way he describes like well if star wars was kind of supposed to take place like in the 80s what was style 30 years ago so they went back to the 50s and they drew inspiration from that it's like i I look at this thing and i'm like man there's a there's a a lot of story involved in how that chip came to be and it it just really kind of encapsulates the prequels to me um so john what do you got (laughs) i'm not picking the n1 i'm i'm going (laughs) with the lame j the j type 327 nubian yeah yeah uh just because it's so sleek and it, it reminds me a little bit of like Flight of the Navigator, um, but uh, which is an old Disney movie from the 80s. But I oh, that just, movie. oh, yeah, you're right on, man. Yeah, yes, that is sir. a classic, classic. Oh, we'll have to, one, we'll yeah. have to talk about that movie later because I got some opinions on it. 
<laughs> all right all right um no yeah the the nubian like it just kind of set the tone for the story um and just seeing like r2 on top of it and how how sleek and smooth it was and also the implications of course of with palpatine and giving it to vader and uh and uh and all that stuff so i'm gonna go with the the nubian um all right uh two more here uh this one's from goat at goat skywalker is i was gonna say is that obi-wan's thing but then (laughs) must be yeah Yeah, it's the greatest skywalker of all time well that's what i'm saying it can't he can't be a skywalker yeah so i wonder who they're referencing but they said how do you think the mando era will conclude and how will it affect uh the sequels or could it even carry over to the sequel trilogy um I think Mando's going to conclude sort of in a Western way where either Mandalorian's going to die protecting like Grogu or he's going to like fake his death and kind of like lay low and, and uh, Batman reside. It. Yeah, Batman. Yeah, Batman rise. Or what is it? Dark Knight Dark Rises. Knight rises. Yeah. Yeah. So something like that. I don't know that it's going to have any implications on the sequel trilogy. I hope not because the idea behind this show was that it was supposed to kind of isolate itself and not have the baggage that all the fans carry with the Skywalker. It already has though with the cloning stuff. I know. I hope they don't go too much further with that. I hope they, Mm -hmm. maybe they could touch on it and say like, yes, this has implications later, but Mando himself and stuff doesn't. So that's where I'm at. Uh, James, your turn. Um, I think I'm with you that, that, it will not affect the sequels too greatly or carry over into the sequel trilogy. My first thought is sure. Why not? Like they could keep going with these stories and they don't have to actually relevant like the, or, or reference the major events that are happening in the new Republic or whatever. And you could just still continue with these characters in these like um, outer rim territories and stuff. But um, I don't know, just the, the, the time involvement and how they want to kind of focus. These are our stories. This is Filoni's air or not Filoni's uh, Favreau's area yeah. of storytelling. And so I, I just think they want to notch out that a little bit. It's, it's cool to spread it out, but, but not anything that's really going to tie into like the, the major stuff. I don't think. All right. Ashi. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it definitely will tie into the sequels in one way or another. So it could be very small, something like, obviously we've already seen like the cloning and like the tank with something in it. Um, I think they'll probably take it a few steps further than that, but I don't think that they're going to like dive in and directly tie it. But I think it will lead to something else that then bridges those two things together. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's going to be like Mando going right into the prequels, but it is going to leave us a few hints here and there that are going to be picked up by some other series somewhere else and eventually bridge uh, Mandalorian to the sequels. Um, I'm, I know a lot of people maybe don't want the um want them to stay as far away from the sequels as possible and i kind of think that they should go for it and and dive (laughs) into it um because you know they did it with clone wars and the prequels and it turned out great and it really strengthened the overall story Mm -hmm. and i think if they play their cards right they could do the same thing because i really do enjoy a lot of parts of the sequels um and i I think anything that they can do and star wars is really good at this um 
in just strengthening the overall story with more information. Um, I think they should. Nice. All right. That's a good argument. Yeah. All right, Lacey, like what, uh, what say you? I think Mando's going to conclude with the Mandalorian dying. I think that's pretty obvious that he's going to die. Um, I think Grogu's going to go on to do something else, and I think that's where we're going to probably see him in other things, but then eventually after the sequel trilogy, I think he'll show up eventually. Um, yeah. I don't know if the Mandalorian is going to tie into the sequels that much, only because what we've seen from Jon Favreau He's making a story that he wants to make that are tied to the original trilogy. He makes kind of nods here and there to the prequels, but I don't think that's him doing it. I think it's Filoni or someone else kind of adding those things. We've seen clips of Jon Favreau not getting deep cuts or like, hey, this is from this and this is from this. And Favreau's like, okay. Um, So I think if there are tie-ins it's not from favreau wanting to connect everything together i think it's from someone else at lucasfilm being like hey what if you just add this it's a little nod to something like that i think favreau really wants to tell a story that can stand on its own and it doesn't need to be a part of anything bigger other than obviously within the star wars universe so i'm mm-hmm. gonna say no all right can i jump in because sure. I, all this talk about it, I, I'm starting to think of something. Which do you think is more likely that the character dies in their series, knowing that we will get a crossover event in all these different series? Ahsoka or Mandalorian? Ahsoka. Ahsoka. You think it's more likely that Ahsoka dies? And I would she assume does so die. too. You hear her voice at the end of the sequel trilogy. She dead. True. True. So, <laughs> so my thought is that if you're not, you probably won't kill her in the series. You would kill I her probably you, you then did. in the crossover event because she has to represent her series going into it. So if she dies in the crossover, but the crossover event, could be after Ahsoka. Yeah, it could be Ezra. Like she finds Ezra, she dies. Passes the torch. She and she dies like, in the Ahsoka series. So then Ezra is is the mm. character that goes into the crossover event I guess. Yeah, I'll, say, okay. I'll say that. I don't think they're going to kill Ahsoka in like a comic book you know what I mean no it's going to no, be no, on no. screen that, that, that's my point as I was saying if she makes it through her series and she goes to the crossover event oh. then she, the crossover mm. event would be her death and then that's the end of it all so that's the end of all those stories they're not going to kill Ahsoka and the Mandalorian in the same crossover event so maybe he lives because Ahsoka is probably the main character that they're going to want to kill off in live action or maybe they do one more season after the crossover event and that's when the Mandalorian dies that's, that's true <laughs> that's also a possibility I don't know it's just I was going crazy sorry mm-hmm. I can see Mando um, living because he's human and mm. he doesn't live like a hundred years like a lot of a lot of characters do. So he could just kind of live and then, you know, it's just past his time eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Ahsoka um, is going to need to go out in like a more impactful way. So Yeah. Agreed. Be, imagine Mando has the Darksaber and he fights Ahsoka and Mando kills Ahsoka. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> that would never happen. That would Whoa. never happen. That would what if never happen. Oh, what fans if it's would the just only be like, way? What? And she goes, "It's okay, do it." And he like has to yeah. do it. Yeah, I hate. And he's that. like, "This is the way." <laughs> That's what I've been talking about this whole time. Um, all right, all right. So we've been talking about this on the podcast for a while. How it would be a no-brainer for Disney to keep Grogu around, like Lacey just mentioned, after the sequel trilogy, and have him and Ray be 
the new like Jedi. You have a hundred year old Grogu that's around the age Yoda was training Jedi. So, what color? The, the last question of the of the episode uh, from May the Way be with you at May the Way <laughs> be wit one. So they didn't get their handle. <laughs> what color do you think Grogu's lightsaber is gonna be? They're hoping for green. Lacey, what do you think? First of all, I love that you spelled color in the UK oh, yeah. way. I love yeah. seeing that. It just looks so much smarter than like the way we write color. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah. you sound so much more intelligent. Um, I'm going to say green, too. I feel like that's an obvious choice. I've seen people do fan art with green. I think it would be really cool because he's green and his lightsaber's green. So I'm going to say mm. the obvious answer that I think a lot of people want. And my home screen is actually Baby Yoda with a green lightsaber. So oh, really? Nice. Wait, put it on your other camera so I could see it, too. Oh. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Ah. man, that's cool. All right, green for Lacey. Uh, Ashi, what color? Um, I think it's got to be green, I would say. Yeah, um, buddy. Welcome to the team. Yeah, I'm wondering <laughs> I'm wondering if uh, Luke passes Yoda's lightsaber down to Grogu. Oh, oh that would be badass. You have to get deep with that. Oh, I love man. it, though. I'll take it. That is good. Um, because who else would have Yoda's lightsaber? I didn't assuming, even think, yeah, where's Yoda's lightsaber? Assuming Yoda brought it with him to Dagobah, and then, you know, Yoda dies, and Luke's just like, well, better search for some valuables. <laughs> take the lightsaber, yeah. take the mini cloak. He gives the cloak to Grogu. Just, hey. Gives him everything. What can I eBay? Yeah. I love that yeah. we're so nerdy that we're always like keeping track of objects in our fandom. Yeah. We're always like, where's I mean, this thing that this one person yeah. touched? Well, again, I brought this up multiple times, but the the blanket that Yoda is sleeping in is is Qui-Gon's like Jedi robes, yeah. which is nuts. And it's like, I don't know. Some of the, some <laughs> of the stuff, the way they tie it in is just crazy. Um. All right, James. What um, color? Well, obviously, green is the new Nubian starfighter, because <laughs> I think it's across the board here. To to me, I think there's something about it. it he's so close to Yoda that when you when you think of Yoda and you think of him having the green lightsaber, you got to associate it with with Grogu as well. And at this point, I feel like if he turned on that lightsaber, like I, I'm trying to in my mind's eye put together this scene. And, and he turns it on and it's blue, purple, yellow, any color. I'm like, that's wrong. Like, <laughs> it's not supposed to be that color. <laughs> he needs to turn it on and it's green because then it will feel right. Um, so Like Ray with I, yellow. I felt like, yes, of course hers is yellow. To me, I just had that in my head that hers was going to be yellow. Really? really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gee, a lot of fans thought that, that, you say that because she's just like a bright sunny personality type character that people just assumed hers was going to be yellow to be different hmm. i know a lot of like fan fiction people and stuff All have right. done yellow for years well yeah john I, I i'm going with blue <laughs> but all right so the reason is i feel like my logic is they want to differentiate him from yoda a bit and Yoda was green with the green lightsaber if he had the green too i feel like it would be too much of a close parallel um, plus I, I think it would be uh, a fresh take, especially if they do pair him up later with, you know, Ray 
And if Finn's a Jedi, I I was speculating Finn would have a green lightsaber. Finn's gonna or, have blue. I don't think so, because they want to separate Finn? him from from pre Jedi Finn, who had the blue one. So I I so I'm going Ray yellow, Finn green, Grogu blue, and that's that's wow. my final answer. Yeah, but anyway, so wrong. Everything you said is says wrong. I'm not opposed to the Finn green thing. I still think it's a little weird with the with the Grogu blue though. I did predict the end of the rise of Sky. So, congratulations, John. <laughs> all right. Uh, That's funny. The script right. leaked in August, but yeah, you guessed it. Like two years before. <laughs> Just stop it. All right. That takes us to the end of the show. I want to thank everybody for listening and watching. We do want to say a special thank you to our Patreon generals and spice runners who allow us to keep doing this and keep growing. So Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Hass Islam, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, Timothy Hill, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Val Trichkoff, and our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Double C, Chris, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, and Micah Harrison. Thank you all so much for all of your support. Ashi, um, again, you know, we, we hit the plugs at the top but let people know where they can find you what you're doing also what the band's doing just plug away whatever you want word vomit go for it dude okay uh you can find me on social media at ashi bashar uh twitch.tv slash ashi bashar i stream two or three nights a week usually um and my band is called beartooth at beartooth band and we have a new record out it's called below and it's heavy nice and catch you guys on the road uh, this summer and into the fall, right? Yes, sir. You can pretty much kef- catch us on the road indefinitely um, starting mid-August. So Very cool, man. Keep Very your eye cool. out. <laughs> All right. Uh, and make sure you all subscribe to our show on YouTube or your preferred audio podcast platform, Star Wars News Net for all your Star Wars news. You could find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey. And uh, my movie podcast, just like the movies and Star Wars News Net. Lacey. Mm-hmm. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. James. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks. Bad Batch tomorrow. Book discussions is on the channel now. Go check it out. Excelente. Uh, Ashi, dude, this was a great time. Great discussions. You had excellent, excellent uh, points about a lot of things. Uh, and we want to thank you for coming back. And hopefully, I know you're going to be busy, but we need to finish at least finish the first ashi trilogy with our podcast we need to have you back sometime down the road this is man the, so thank the you Aja, for joining ashi us. strikes back right now yeah. yeah beautiful thank you guys so much for having me i appreciate it i love talking star wars uh see you soon hopefully awesome cool. all right and thank you all for tuning in we hope you have a great weekend and we'll see you next time right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids <laughs>